0: Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts, Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people.
1: three two one so welcome back to the dogs and deadlies podcast today all the way from the usa we have dr erica bowling from uh, northeast
2: canine conditioning welcome hi thank you so much for having me again
1: yeah fantastic so we're just talking about it uh, uh, just a minute ago that you were guest number one um in november last mm-hmm. year for me and it was an honor to have you then so really stoked to have you back
2: yeah, I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, so uh, look, there's been lots happening, uh, some exciting news, um, you know, a few things that we're going to cover off today, but um, for those that, um, you know, not for, listen to the podcast that are not familiar um, with yourself, can uh, you give us sort of a brief overview of uh, yourself and a little bit about what you do?
2: Yep, um, I am the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning. We have a online canine uh fitness, it's a canine fitness Academy, but we actually added on some business stuff, but we had a lot of dog trainers who needed business support. So we added on not just instruction and support for the canine fitness, but also helping the dog trainers on the business side. But, um, our kind of like our main program, I would say that we're the most known for is the elite canine athlete program. Um, and it's an online program that can lead to certification if people want uh, called the certified canine athlete specialist, which you've graduated from, and you are also certified and, um, it is focused on fitness specifically for the sport and working dog, the unique needs of the sport and working dog. And we do, we do get people that are, you know, uh, active pet dog owners, but it, we do talk about some of the unique challenges of fitness for these higher drive dogs and preparing them for fitness for the kind of work that they do from police dogs to search and rescue agility dogs, you know, uh, protection sports. And, um, and it's just a, just a really amazing program. It's a, one of a kind that has that kind of focus in it. And then we also, for those who are interested in, um, pursuing fitness to help, not just their own dog and others, um, in the program, there's also support, not just in designing fitness programs for the dogs, but also how to educate and work with the human side of things. And this is um, very closely connected also to my my other life <laughs> before I, um, really put all my energy into the fitness, but I spent, oh gosh, almost 20 years as an, um, as a professor, a tenu- I was a tenured associate professor at Rutgers university. Um, my background is in, um, education and teaching and learning and also online teaching and learning. So I basically took my passion for the dogs and my background in um, working dog, sport dogs and fitness and my passion and expertise in online teaching and learning and education and designing curriculum programs for, you know, um various types of topics and basically combined all my loves together <laughs> and created the Northeast Canine Conditioning, um, the business that I have.
1: Yeah, fantastic. We'll talk about your dogs, you know, in a moment. But you know, we've seen a you know even with of you know my podcast and you know the community that you have. You know, we've seen a great I suppose influx of general public that are looking for you know to increase their knowledge and their expertise on you know on this particular subject. So you know, obviously, you mentioned that I'm a I'm a graduate, and you know I love the program, and you know I thank you very much for you know establishing it and, and being a mentor and a coach to me but um you know many others around the world as well so you know absolutely fantastic program and it, for me it, it popped up at the right time right place and um you know when stars align uh, you know you jump into yeah. it certainly but uh you know certainly seeing a increase in um you know education around this particular subject uh, around the world would you agree
2: Definitely, definitely. And thank you. It, it's, um, yeah, it's nice when the those stars align and <laughs> the right people, you know, cross your paths. And it's been super exciting to see all that you've been doing, you know, since you joined and graduated. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that I wanted to do by forming the program and the certification was, you know, I can go out there and do seminars and workshops and work with dogs and handlers, but if I can train trainers, if I can teach other people to go out and, you know, do the things that I can do, then we can reach so many more people. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I'm thrilled when people like you, you know, do our program and then, you know, finish and then, you know, start doing things to help other people and the stuff that, you know, you've taken your passions and are doing some really exciting things there in Australia. Yeah. And that just, you know, that's, that just makes me super happy because, you know, that's why, why I developed the program was so that we can educate other people who could then go out and educate others <laughs>
1: for sure and um, you know and, and you know a, one a community of like-minded people can certainly do more than you know a standard a, you know someone that's just on their own trying to slog it out you know so you know sharing ideas yeah. um you know uh, processes concept um and that's what i like about your community as well and got met some great friends um along yeah. the way mm. and i do notice there's a couple more aussie sneak, sneaking in which is yeah. fantastic <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working on our webpage where I'm going to have, I would say all the graduates, but I'll have the graduates who approved to put their names up there. Not, not everybody has responded, you know, to put their names on the website. Yep. But I, of course, I, the first column is all the US. Yep. And then I am, it's going to be interesting when I start counting the numbers, but I think i think australia might have canada outnumbered Ooh. with our graduates yeah. i don't know canada, <laughs> no canada might be second and australia <laughs> might be third but right now in in the draft i'm not done yet yeah. but i have also i have the us and canada and australia at the top yeah. and then the other countries you know with fewer but um but yeah we we're, we're getting more of you in but yeah and, yeah maybe canada's still canada might be number
1: two yeah, yeah fantastic <laughs> so it's interesting that um so you know with my podcast the uh the most downloads come from the us of course you know and then then the uk it's very surprising then australia so uh it's interesting yeah. um you know the demographics of where people you know where people are yeah. from tuning into uh, uh the podcast uh as well but uh you know let's move on <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, you know, you, last time we spoke, you, you just recently, you know, moved and, uh, you know, um, I seen the other day that, um, you know, obviously your house is looking great, the weather's fantastic, you're out sailing, um, but Bachi, you know, Bachi, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your dogs? I know that he turned 12 um, just recently. Damn.
2: Just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But the whole reason I have my, my whole business exists Northeast canine conditioning because he, he had gotten injured when he was about a year old and, um, he had a, a muscle injury at iliopsoas he had pulled and, We took like 10 months rehabbing him. And then, you know, later in his life, he had some issues, um, some, some issues with some discs in, in his spine and stuff. And, but it was that first injury where I had just started his very first, we do a sport called French ring. Well, he's retired now, but a protection sport called French ring. And we had just started our competition career when he got injured. So we did like one or two trials and then he basically rehabbed for 10 months. We lost a year and then I brought him back. And, um, so the whole thing was, you know, what can I do to learn about fitness, to prevent this from happening again, and to keep him fit. And that's, that's what started everything was, uh, and it's interesting because I was devastated. Of course, when he was injured, I was just, I remember I was when I got the diagnosis and learned about the rehabbing, I remember I was in a baseball field where I train them and let them run our soccer field. And I remember I just, I was just sitting in the middle of the field and I was just crying, crying. And I was like, Oh, it was just, you know, it was harder (laughs) on me than him. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, as he's gotten older, you know, old age creeps in and, um, you know, he's had some mobility issues. He had a while, about a year ago after we, we spoke, um, last time, um, we had a bout of pneumonia, um, and just, it was, he didn't, the only symptom he had was a slight coughing, but it wouldn't go away. Yeah. And we treated him for gosh, a couple months, it went away. And then we got off the medication It creeped back. And we dealt with that for a while. Um, he's, he's knock on wood. He's been, been doing good. Um, he had, you know, periodically some issues with some knuckling over some, um, neurological kind of mobility issues, yeah. but it's really weird before I moved here in South. Um, I was with my family in South Carolina and he had a about two years ago in July. Um, he was not good. I mean, he was walking on his knuckles. He was, he, I had to help him to go up just two little steps. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even sure if he was going to make it for another few more weeks. Yeah. He's so much better now Than he was two years ago with his mobility. And we went for a hike the other day, and he was just hauling butt. And I'm like, but you (laughs) have around. Normally, normally he goes out, you know, is out and back. And normally he goes, Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then we turn around and he peters out. Well, this time he was just like hauling butt, out and back. And I was like, buddy, you gotta slow down, you're gonna be sore tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm just amazed. I don't know. You know, I've done a few things. Um you know, but I don't know exactly what one thing, but uh, yeah, I, he went from where I didn't even know if he was going to make it to like his, you know, 10 and a half, 11th birthday mm-hmm. to now he's 12 and he's doing better now than he was back then.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So, and, and just for those listeners out there. So, uh, a, a that, and you, yep. uh, yeah, and you got him from, uh, you imported him from overseas
2: no he was bred um he was bred in california um michael ellis is who i got him from but his 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 father's side um it's a line that comes from old belgian lines um so his i think it was on his father's side they were imported like his grandparent on one side but um oh and i think last time we met Oh, I think I met with you. Um, af- it was after the, the incident, but he had a bloating incident right before he yes. turned 11 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, he was bloating and the vet because of his age without even going in, or even before our x-rays was like recommending, we just put him down because of his age. And, and his he, he was like quality of life. And I was like, no, you're not, we're going to at least going to try. And, you know, if he has surgery and his quality of life is low, then okay. But don't, don't tell me that we're going to, you know, you're recommending euthanizing them without even giving them a chance. Yeah. Yeah. for sure. And um,
1: so. I, I, I hate the fact that, you know um, you know, a lot of vets tend to just jump to that, you know, straight away. It's, it's, it's definitely sad, you know, we're seeing a, yeah. you know, quite a, quite a bit of it around the place not just in regards oh. to, to bloat but also you know number of other injuries etc yeah. you know and um you know we we both obviously have a very similar mindset but you know you know we can have a look at a different approach um to to rehab and that's something I w- I just wanted to touch on the um uh, you know the injuries but um you know there's certainly uh there's more to um, you know, rehabilitation um, for injuries and illnesses than just uh, you know medication and or and all the uh, the green dream to, to put them to sleep. You know,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. You
1: know? So yeah, you know. Uh, um, so certainly yeah. Well. Uh, love to change a few sort of vets mindsets based around that <laughs> yeah um yeah. for sure but uh, just wanted to touch on you know like you mentioned the ilio and uh, you know your ilio so um injury that yeah the, that Barchi suffered um, you know we're seeing it more you know more and more um you know these days in regards to performance dogs and um you want to just uh, touch on on that and you know obviously dogs are very good at hiding certain things and uh, you know a couple of things that people can potentially look out for when uh, you know with that
2: yeah and and some people do think that there is a potential overdiagnosis, you know, where there may be other issues going on and the vets are saying it's this, Um, but generally what we're looking at is we're looking at those muscles kind of deep in the groin area and you've got the psoas iliopsoas there's layers of muscles. So sometimes there may be other muscles that are injured and people may just say, Oh, it's the iliopsoas, but it's still that general area. It's still, you know, the muscles are, you know, you're having some injury to the muscle and, um, What's interesting is if you look at where that muscle attaches, it's kind of deep in the groin and that kind of wraps around and then comes up around like that lower, lower part of the back up towards, you know, around by the hip area. And it's interesting because like, I've seen some dogs, like with him, the soreness was deep in the groin. And with some dogs I've seen where they're sore, more like in the lower back on the top of the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a difficult muscle. Like when I took him to the vet and they're manipulating the legs and they're pulling extending and, you know, and he was showing no, no pain. And so they're like, oh, you know, well, if he's not acting, you know, if he's not limping, if he's not showing pain, then keep working him. Yep. And, um, and so he wasn't like outwardly limping once in a while, he would do like this little hop, like his leg was asleep and he would do three steps and then he would be fine. Mm -hmm. And so the vets were like, well, if he's not showing signs of pain, if he's not limping, keep working him. Well, he actually was sore, but they just weren't able to activate that muscle. And then I had a canine physical uh, therapist, uh, who, she was very familiar with the injury and she checked him over in less than five minutes. She just reached in, manipulated, palpated that area instantly. She activated, she saw, you know, he, he showed pain and she instantly, um, detected it. And it was a matter of knowing what to look for and how to actually go in and kind of probe around and, and get that muscle. And I had like, like three other veterinarians who had all missed it. Yeah. Um, but the the signs, a lot of times, some of the signs people will notice is it's not necessarily limping. Um, it could be like an agility dog. It could be they start hitting the jumps and they normally don't hit the jumps and they just start hitting the jumps. Um, with my dog, he was showing signs where he was sitting, um, lo- looked very sloppy where he would sit and his left knee and toe would kind of stick out. Mm-hmm. and he wouldn't sit balanced. And when he was in a down position, one side of his hip would drop lower than the other. And it was consistent. He was not balanced. Mm-hmm. So when I teach people about how to like critically observe their dogs, we talk about, look for balance and signs of imbalance because imbalance can be a sign of weakness or potential injury. And so he showed a lot more signs through the imbalance of how he sat, how he was in a laid in a down position, and then, um, like I said, very periodic, very once in a while, he might have this little tiny hop, but mm-hmm. it was very inconsistent. He would see a couple little limps, two three steps, and I might see nothing for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he was giving signs in other ways, but my gut—and I always tell people, listen to your gut—because my gut just told me something wasn't right. And some people are like, "Oh, you're overprotective of your dog, and you're babying your dog," and. Mm-hmm. I was like something's not right. I know my dog something's not right and I'm glad I pursued it and until I was able to get a diagnosis. Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's you know that's a very good point. Um you know for people out there, you know, observe, you know observation, you know looking you know you don't, you know, gait analysis and, and, you know, just understanding, you know, where your dog's at, you know, um, is super critical and super important. You know, you know that I've got, um, you know, recently acquired, uh, Noah, the GSP, you know, he's, he's come to me at five years old, um, you know, looking at how he sits, you know, and that's something I wrote an article recently about a, a sloppy sit, you know, is there an imbalance there or has it been reinforced, et cetera, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that, um, you know, we need to be onto our dog, um, you know, in regards to observation, um, to know that, um, you know, where they're at, at a particular stage in their, uh, in their training.
2: And what I, what I find is we, we take those critical observation skills when they're injured. Like it's like, is he injured? Did you see that? Hey, did did you see a limp? Hey, and what I try to teach people is you need to look at your dog with those eyes when your dog is healthy, Mm -hmm. because then you're going to pick up on things much quicker than, you know, waiting until the injury or waiting until they're limping. And then all of a sudden you're trying to pay attention to your dog's gait
1: yeah for sure uh, so uh, so step one you know analysis and know your dog you know for sure when it yeah. comes to this stuff yeah definitely um so let's let's jump into the big news Let I know that you've announced it on your Facebook but that you know I wanted to to get you on the podcast today to uh, have a chat about the the news that you're just about to uh, deliver to everyone which is super exciting yeah. for me plus you know I know the whole community is buzzing around it at the moment but uh, you want to tell everyone what uh, what's what's happened and what you what uh, what What's going on at the moment?
2: <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. This is this is a vision I had probably about six, seven years ago. Partly with my connection to the university and stuff, but I really wanted to connect with, um, you know, uh, higher education, academia, universities to help promote and reach a bigger audience and um, also give more visibility for the program and for our graduates. And um, I did talk with some universities in the past. We just couldn't find the right fit. You know, a, a university that had the right kind of audience that would you know really benefit from this, mm-hmm. and we actually um, connected up and now have a, a formal partnership with Colorado State University, Pueblo.
0: Yeah, And
2: um, <laughs> so excited that yeah. all of our canine fitness programs are now when people graduate from our programs, um, even if they don't do the certification, if you just go through and complete um, you know the elite Canine athlete program without certification, is you can get continuing education units, the CEUs from the university, they send out transcripts. And then now with our certificates and also for our certification diploma, it'll also have now acknowledged the Northeast Canon Conditioning and the university logo will be on there. Um, and, uh, we, they have a webpage now for us on the university website. And, uh, so it's official. Uh, I was waiting for that, you know, everything to get finalized and actually have the webpage and all that before I made the announcement, but it, we've been working months and months and months on this. And like I said, it was a vision I had, um, more than five, six years ago that I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of been wanting to do something like this. And, um, and also what's amazing that, um, I was I was so grateful that not only do all of our future students and graduates can get the CEUs and stuff is people who have already graduated, they will, um, there's university fees. We have to pay university fees, but they will back issue Mm -hmm. the certificates and the credits. Mm -hmm. So people who like you, who are already certified, if you wanted to get, um, it would be seven CEUs from the university. So basically 10 hours of instruction is the equivalent of one CEU. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to get for that full study or certification, the seven CEUs, the transcripts, and also get issued a new diploma, uh, because people, um, not everybody knows this, but we actually, for the diploma, for the certification, we actually put that in the mail and you get a a paper copy. It's not just a digital, but for the the certification, you get that in the mail. And so people who, you know, if they graduated five years ago, they can still benefit from this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, look, as soon as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it myself, you know, my current diploma is on my desk here, you know, so um, it's, it's re- it really sort of also validates the work that you, that you do. And then, and it's be, you know, it, it becomes recognized by um, I suppose, trad- and a traditional means of education. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And I know, you know, I know that there's, especially in the dog world, there's a lot of people that say, you know um, you know, who cares about a certification who could, mm-hmm. you know, it's experience, but the way I look at it is we should all be lifelong learners. We should always be striving to always be educating ourselves. Sometimes it's formal learning. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's experience. Sometimes it's being mentored with a person down the street, but what, to me, what gives credibility to say our, our certification program, I'm not saying all certifications, but I know for our certification is when you get that that certificate, the, the CCAS, a certified canine athlete specialist, like you earned it. You, you have to demonstrate that you have the knowledge and you can apply the knowledge. So you don't just go and take a multiple choice test. Like you actually have to go out assess dogs. You have to teach, you have to design fitness programs. You have to submit videos, and so when somebody, you know, graduates and gets that certificate that shows if you didn't just go and click on a video online and say, Ooh, look, I graduated. Mm-hmm. And if somebody ever questions you, as you know, you can produce the artifacts, the actual things you created and the video footage and the thing you have evidence of what you learned and what you can do with your knowledge. And so to me, that adds a lot of, of credibility. And like I said, not you know, not all programs are created equal. Sure. Um, but you know, when when you know, yeah, some people say don't care about certificates or certifications. It means nothing to them. So I'm like, well, that's fine. But you know, if you don't value ongoing lifelong education, that that I have a problem with somebody who doesn't want to continually. How can you know everything? Like I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always learning. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I when I have people who question that, and they said, well, you know, I have people. I had somebody just the other day, a dog trainer, and they they said you know, these people have been giving me a hard time because I got this certificate or that certificate. And she was thinking of doing my program and she's gotten, she's been getting a lot of flack from some dog people in the dog world and dog trainers because of her certifications. And they're just kind of like, Oh, you know, they're not giving any, any at all validity to any kind of online learning. And it's like, it's education. Okay. Maybe, Maybe it's not the ideal, like maybe in the ideal world. Yeah, I would love to have every single one of you. I would love to have you here in Maine with me, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I would love to have everybody. <laughs> like that would be wonderful if if we could do everything in person and have all the dogs we need in front of us. But, mm-hmm. but you know, that's um, you're going to be very limited to who you can educate if, if that's the only way you can learn. And,
1: so, and also, you know, in the in today's world over the last two years, you know, I can't leave my state right now because, you know, the yeah. other states are in lockdown, there's border restrictions, there's no yeah. way in the world, in today's, you know, world, I can jump on a plane and come to America as much as I'd, I'd love to, you know, that, yeah. you know, with COVID around these days, I can't even, you know, see my parents in the next state at the moment. You know yeah. so you know the the transition to uh you know ov- obviously online learning has been uh you know quite dramatic over the last number of years but you know been also to submit those those videos and those um you know the the transcripts and the you know the evidence uh in your program yeah. um is certainly uh right now more than enough you know well once everything dies down and you hold a you know you hold a, a practical yeah, session gonna- yeah no worries <laughs> at all <laughs> you know i'll i'll be there i'll jump on a plane you know providing we, we're allowed to and i can i can come back to to australia
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and and what you know also what people you know there there are you know my background in education and i've got years of research in this area and i spent years educating teachers how to be effective teaching online and i t- There are a lot of really bad teachers and there's a lot of really bad online programs because, you know, just because you know how to teach in person doesn't mean you know how to teach online. Mm -hmm. And so this is where our program is like a huge, you know, I think is a, is a huge perk that makes it stand out from any other, any other dog education program out there online is. I don't know anybody else out there with a phd you know in online teaching and learning and, and how to effectively communicate this stuff not just in person but also online and mm-hmm. so our our program is developed on solid research-based you know evidence-based um in, you know methodology of what makes effective teaching and learning yeah, whatever sure. kind of learning it is yeah, yeah. definitely um, so, so- um-
1: you know, did you want to just give us a, a quick rundown on, um, you know, some, some additions and what, um, you know, what yeah. the, the programs are and how they've, you know, if someone's been there and they've been looking at the program for the last six months thinking about, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, there's been a little bit of change in the curriculum and uh, with some additions. Would you like to give us a bit of a rundown on that?
2: Yeah, so it is our most comprehensive program and um when people sign up for the Elite Canine Athlete program, they get canine conditioning 101 as a free bonus. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of like our foundation course and um you know, it gets everybody on the same playing field with the foundations. Mm-hmm. And I do that because um it is a comprehensive program, but you don't have to have any prior knowledge of canine fitness to get into the program? Mm-hmm. So some people thought that they had, you know, oh, I have to have, you know, some knowledge before they get in. And I'm like, no, you don't have to have any formal training and fitness. We'll teach you. But everybody gets the canine conditioning 101 as kind of like the foundations, a beginner. Mm-hmm. And then when they complete that, they move into the elite canine athlete content, which is more advanced, looking at more, you know, assessing the individual needs of a dog and what are the strengths and weaknesses, looking at the structure, the gait, the different sports, the different activities. Um, what are the unique needs physically, um, fitness wise for those dogs. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then how do we develop programs based on this? And so the elite canine athlete program goes into a deeper dive into all of this. And it used to be that all of the certification activities were all part of the elite canine athlete program. And what we did is I wanted to have more hands-on practice, more case studies, and I wanted to even, we we do a really nice job in, in extensive in program design, but I wanted to go even more in depth in program design. So I revamped, um, modules four and five, like the last two modules of the elite canine athlete, where we have a module now specifically on advanced program design, mm-hmm. um, with more complex, you know, uh, methodologies and the the research behind the designing of the fitness programs for beginner to advanced dogs. Mm -hmm. We have things on things like interval training and circuit training. So by making some of these revisions, we were able to go into even more depth, give more support in program design. And then people, we had more people, people interested in doing this, who weren't interested in teaching fitness. They weren't interested in having a business. They just want to learn fitness. So what we did is um, we now have a practicum. So the content where you do more practice, you do a case study in the elite canine athlete, you still do those hands-on. But um, afterwards, if you want certification, you sign up for the practicum where you get more hands-on. And then in the practicum, we go into even more depth um, and how to design seminars, courses, and workshops, Mm -hmm. and also how to like market and sell. So like people who are dog trainers and business owners who wanna integrate it into and work with other people, not just their own dogs. Um, we go into even more depth and, um, and this is also part of my, my education background is, you know, if you have a dog and owner and you want to help them, yeah, it's great if you have a great fitness program, but if you can't educate the owner and if you can't create change in the owner, the dog's not going to benefit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in the practicum, we take even a deeper dive into that aspect too. So it's not just learning about fitness, but how do you effectively convey this when you have a pet dog owner versus a police officer versus search and rescue versus an agility handler, because they're all interested and they all look at fitness in a different way because of their background and what they're interested in. And and when we're teaching them or when we're marketing or selling our programs to them, if that's the route you want to go, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to communicating the value of fitness, why it's an important and how to instill change. You know, we have, we are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and if you change developing a fitness program, um, I've never seen a fitness program that did not require some kind of change in habits of what the owner is doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's another thing where, um, again, where I can bring in the, the whole science behind working with humans and confronting, um, their beliefs and changing human beliefs and what they used to think about their dog versus now how we're trying to get them to think about their dog and fitness. So, um, so we kind of separated that now so that if people want to do a deeper dive and they want to help other people and Mm -hmm. get more hands-on practice, not just in the fitness for the dogs, but learning how to, you know, make a bigger impact in the world. Um, they would then do the practicum and then that would lead into certification and yeah, um yeah. and i will say that when we made the changes this wasn't just me saying hey i'm gonna make changes to the program but we had extensive and you were part of this too of getting yeah. feedback we had meetings we um questioned um graduates current members um veterinarians um high level um sport level elite competitors And basically said, you know, if we're going to make changes, let's, you know, let's do some research and, you know, and make it the best we can do and just, you know, keep making it even better and better and a great experience. And this also opens the door. I think that more people before we had some people who thought, well, I'm not a dog trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to teach other people. And so they didn't see this as being a program as much for them, but the way we have it designed now. They can totally do the elite canine athlete program. Get support for their own personal dog. They do not have to do certification. They don't have to be a dog trainer or a business owner. So it opens up the door for more people to get access to that deeper level of knowledge. But then you still have the option to do the practicum, which will lead to the certification if you want.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I know the you know I I know, but for our audience out there, you know what um, you know. What are your, some of your graduates, you know, what are they up to and how, and how are they using it? Are they, uh, you know, um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm using it for dogs and deadlifts. You know, I, I spent, you know, you know, the time with you and I've created my programs, but, you know, are there dog trainers doing some face to face or are they doing some online stuff? What sort of yeah. the avenue that most people or a general overview of what people have grabbed it and ran with it?
2: Yeah, we have, we have a huge variety of ways that people are using this. Um, we have people that are like pet dog owners, uh, and pet dog trainers, Mm -hmm. and some of them are, um, integrating it right into their training classes. So, you know, they're like teaching obedience and then they're like weaving in the fitness and with the obedience and making it really, you know, really fun and novel and different. And then we also have some pet dog trainers that are actually designing like fitness courses. Yep. So they'll get their clients interested in it and kind of give them a little, a little taste of it in like their regular traditional classes. And then they get all excited and they want to learn and then <laughs> they feed them into a fitness class. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then we do have some that are just heavily, like we have one graduate who has a facility for dock diving. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have a couple grad, a number of graduates actually that, um, they're heavy into the sport dog world and, um, they train, they compete, they teach, um, Um, they have, you know, dock diving pools on site and so they use it and they, you know, integrated it right into all of the services that they're already providing and adding it on either as new courses, new services, or just now that you're doing dock diving classes, now we're adding fitness to the dock diving. Um, and then, um, we do have people that are doing, um, one-on-one coaching group classes virtually, they're doing virtual and online. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, virtual is online. (laughs) They're doing (laughs) virtual and, and in person. Yep. um and doing one-on-one consulting um doing webinars and workshops and um we have one graduate you know Angela she um one of the activities that we do for certification is as you know is you develop a seminar course or a workshop yep. and you develop the curriculum for it and um Angela is in South Africa and she developed um that as part of the certification program and her very first paid, you know, opportunity to teach fitness was she had friends in the United States who flew her from South Africa to the United States and she gave a two-day workshop on fitness for the IGP, the protection sport dog. And it was so exciting to see her do that because, and a number of of them have done it where they've taken the assignment that they did in the program and turned it into courses, seminars and workshops, both virtual. We have another one who um, she created an um, an online course for competition dogs. And um, so we've got, like I said, people doing in-person online, going the sport dog world. We also have people that are um, bringing it in. We have a number of like veterinary technicians, um, who are bringing it to add back into the veterinary, um, you know, the services that they're offering. We have veterinarians that have done the program. And so it's now something that they've integrated into their practice and, you know, the wealth of knowledge they have for their clientele. Um, and, uh, like I said, it's, it's just really interesting and very diverse in in how people have been integrating it into, um, some people have done it where, you know, they were doing pet dog training and their passion was sport dogs and they used it as an opportunity to kind of get away from the the clients that they wanted to you know go off of from the pets and move more into the sport world and use this as a way to have a unique skill set and a service that they can provide so some used it as an opportunity to shift the kind of audience and clientele and another thing that i never expected this but we get a number of people who are either nearing retirement and they're looking at something for after retirement or to continue working or start a new career after retirement. Okay. And we and we've also had a couple people who were like in the corporate world and um, one was like a biologist and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> my passion is dogs. And we've had a couple people like me, you know, who like left the, you know, the traditional um, work that they were doing and said, you know, I'm, you know, life's too short. I want to do something that I'm passionate about. So we've had a couple people thinking of one person um, recently who um, she just, just i think it was this last month uh, i forgot 18 years or so she was working and working in the science lab and stuff and she's now she has some dog training clients and um putting together her first uh fitness webinar and and putting together packages to get clients so it's super exciting to see what people are doing but it's very very diverse all over the world
1: yeah for sure and you know most people know you know my background but uh you know i've you know from owning a dog, you know, a facility, doggy daycare, training, um, grooming facility, um, being burnt out, you know, staff, hundreds of dogs, um, you know, to change my focus over the last couple of years to um, to sell that business and uh, you know change my focus to canine and human uh, fitness, hence yeah. you know dogs and deadlifts. Um, even when I was doing one-on-one behavioral consults in the initial stages you know most inquiries come through now uh, for um you know for uh, canine fitness you know less oh, wow. less awesome. less behavioral um you know can you yeah. teach my dog to see can you teach my dog to you know um walk on the leash nicely? that you know the transition is quite um i've seen it quite dramatically in, increase so you know uh, lots more uh you know uh, inquiries about uh, nice. fitness nutrition uh you yeah. know those sort of things so definitely um you know um if you're out there and you're thinking of you know you're you're a dog trainer so you know i've done that i would say traditional sit drops stay stuff for uh you know 15 years burnt out and a little bit over yep. it um, canine fitness for me was a huge injection and change of focus which i personally needed you know i dropped a lot of weight as well you yeah. know got my yeah. personal fitness and my you know now Sunday's no longer with us, but, uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, she had a dramatic uh, life change as well, you know? So um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, you know, there's a big scope out there and I, I definitely think in the next, you know, three to five years, there's so, there's so much more to, to come, you know, right around the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a number of people that, you know, it's, um, they've had some significant um, kind of changes that they ended up making in their, in their jobs and career. And, you know, more of that kind of, you know, following that passion, getting that excitement back and, mm. you know, um, bringing something new and, and then, you know, also having, you know, it's not like there's tons of certified people out there. So, it, you know, it also, you know, makes them a different from what's out there and, and offering something in the, you know, in their area or online, mm. um, that helps make them stand out from others. Um, but I've seen some, Yeah. People that have come back and told me just like, just how much different, you know, their their lives are and, you know, they're happier in what they're doing. And, um, it's, it's been super exciting to see. And the great thing is, is not only is it happening for them, but then they're helping others, you know, and, and just, um, helping to impact the lives of so many. And, um, it's pretty pretty amazing when you think about how it just kind of is this trickling effect down to everybody
1: yeah for sure for sure so look um you know we're gonna you know i aim, aim for sort of 35 40 minute conversations here but um is there anything uh, you'd like to sort of uh to add you know like i said i wanted to get you on we wanted to talk about the you know the the program and where, what's been happening lately so you know i'm super you know excited that the university you've partnered with the university so you know that would i wanted to talk about that today but is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners out there before we sort of you know obviously i'll post some links and things like that um for where they can find out some more information but uh you know anything out there that uh you wanted to um drop before we leave today
2: yeah i would just encourage people to kind of explore and and check things out and and learn a little bit or or learn a lot about canine fitness because you know one of the things is is and i'm definitely guilty of it is when we're when we're not knowledgeable like we're can't help it you know we're 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 doing things that aren't aren't necessarily in the best interest of our dogs Mm -hmm. and when we think about wanting to extend their lives and keep them comfortable and you know happy and help them in their senior years from puppyhood through senior years is you know the more we learn the more that we see that we can do things differently and enhance their lives and enhance ours Mm -hmm. and you know it could be something just you know, very, you know, not hugely significant where you're just having a, a new fun activity to do with your dog, but it, it can make huge differences between, you know, life-changing things where, you know, people have done things where dogs have been seriously injured or, or died, um, by very, very preventable things that the owners, they didn't know. They just didn't have the knowledge, whether, you know, it was things related to overheating or hydration or, you know, um, Sign, missing the signs of their dog being hurt and not knowing it and so it's like you know the more you learn i mean it's like a double-edged sword you look back and you're like oh my gosh i wish i knew that you know why did i do that but you know it's going to help you when you're moving forward and enhance the life of your current dogs and you know i plan on always having dogs with me your future dogs mm-hmm. um but you know knowledge you know, nobody can take away that knowledge from you when you invest in in your knowledge and your education, like you Mm -hmm. keep that for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage people just to be a lifelong learner and, you know, and, and be open to new ways and thinking. And even if it's something that, you know, right away, you don't necessarily agree with it, it opens your eyes and helps you look at things more critically, which I think is so important. Um, and, and I will add that, um, we were talking about the elite canine athlete program. If, um, if, I know you're going to put the links there, but if they want to learn about it, if they just go to elite canineathlete.com, it's the letter K, the number nine elite canineathlete.com. They can download the brochure. Yep. But um, I do want people to know, cause this is a very comprehensive program. We do have programs that are not as extensive. If they just want to kind of dabble in and see if this is something that they're interested in. we have, you know, like mission ready canine designed for um, like the search and rescue police, military protection, detection dogs. We have the canine peak performance program. So people don't have to commit at, you know, full on, you know, right off the bat and, and, you know, we have different levels in which people can get started, but I would encourage people to, um, just, you know, number one, just be more active with their dogs, get more active. It's just so fulfilling our lives and theirs. They get healthier, we get healthier and, um, and to just be lifelong learners and and keep, you know, find things you're passionate about and and learn about them and and study and, uh, keep an open mind too.
1: For sure. And and look, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit biased here because I'm obviously, a, 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 you know, a graduate of the program, um, you know, from my point of view, yourself, the other, you know, the other, um, the other graduates, but also the people coming through is a great little community. Um, and you never, you know, I've never felt, um, you know, uneasy about, um, you know, asking questions or, or you know, I've got you know i've probably interviewed for four people on this podcast that are graduates from your program yes. you know so um it's, it's a fantastic community and for those that are sort of you know oh, i'm not sure etc um i've always felt welcome uh, warm and been able to ask any questions because i know what it's like when you go into a something new and you you know you feel a little bit nervous a little bit uneasy about certain things um certainly have never felt uh um, like I'm, I'm silly, or there's a, you know, the question that I, I previously asked, um, was, yeah. you know, was not right to, to ask. I've been always uh, supported uh, along my, my journey, and as you mentioned, I'm always looking for, um, you know, for knowledge, etc. And yeah. it might just be that one piece that, you know, I might be stuck on that one of the other graduates, you know, encountered, or, or they know, you know. So, uh, the, the community itself, um, you know, is been fantastic from, from my point of view. So. Mm. <laughs> No, no worries at all. So, um, look, thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, I know that you do a lot of, um, you know, on your Facebook page so people can find you via your Facebook page you, and you want to just give us some uh, where they can yep. find you.
2: Yep, they can find us on our Facebook business page is Northeast Canine Conditioning. And again, it's always the letter K, the number nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they click on the videos, usually every Friday, every week I do a Facebook live show. So if they go to the Facebook page and click on videos, you'll see over I don't know two hundred and thirty <laughs> plus episodes. There's a lot of episodes there, um, free, all a bunch of free stuff there for you. Yep. Um, and then also our website is northeastcanineconditioning.com. And, uh, and then, like I said, if they want to download the brochure, they can go to elite the letter K the number nine. And then also we have like a canine fitness quiz. If they want to do like a little self-assessment, little quiz on kind of test, you know, where, where is my knowledge in these different areas of canine fitness? Um, but if they go to the, uh, canine, uh, fitness quiz, uh, that is, uh, just a, just a quick, fun, little, short, little self-assessment and it'll email them back their results. And it categorizes the results in different categories of fitness. So they can kind of see where their strengths are and where the weaknesses. Are. And we have people that, um, they'll come in and they're, they they they've told me this they're like wow you know i thought i knew a lot about canine fitness and they took it and they're like whoa there's a lot more to this than i thought i didn't realize <laughs> it was so involved <laughs>
1: yeah fantastic so look uh, erica thank you very much very much once again for for joining us uh for the second time there's only you are the second person that's uh, been on the on the show twice so uh you know uh, thank you very much and uh, it's been a pleasure chatting
2: same here thanks so so much for having me again Are
0: you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. or check out the link in the podcast notes.